Welcome to Base Space. A crypto podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Base Space. This is a crypto podcast hosted by myself, the Crypto Mewtwo, Chase Coins, and Super High. And we focus on creating opportunities for growth, networking, and education in the crypto industry. Today, we have the honor of having Flu, contributor, contributor at Harmony Protocol, and Devin Marty, Ecosystem Grove, also at Harmony. We're really excited to have you both on. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. How's Appreciate it going? It. It's going well, man. It's been, a, it's been a pretty busy day for me. What about you guys? How's, how's your day going? Dude, I've been, I've been driving around trying to do things. Uh, do the best as I can, man. But um, I wanted to congratulate you again on Chainlink. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's it's super crazy to uh, go from being like a community member, right, for two years, and now I kind of being behind the scenes, seeing seeing everything internally. It's it's kind of wild, you know. Yeah, I I know, man. I'm <laughs> I'm very familiar with how that works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, but um, no, it's a super super big honor. I'm super pumped to you know just be able to contribute more to the ecosystem, and obviously, like you know, everyone everyone on the team is super passionate about just like Web three, cryptographic truth, just helping move the ecosystem forward. So it's just something I haven't really experienced um, working at Web two, you know, type companies where everyone is just like grinding, man. Everyone's working super hard and. Like when people say that they're actually going to, you know, do something, they actually go through and and do it, man. Like I've worked at tons of companies where I would ask people to do something or they would like, you know, say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this task or whatever. And like you follow up with them and they just wouldn't even complete it. I don't know if you you've experienced like that same thing. No, man, never. I've never had any issues with like Web2 not really fulfilling a passion. (laughs) Yeah, no, I. I, I totally get what you mean, and I very much have seen the same thing at, like, Harmony, and the other places that I work is just, like, everyone's there for the same thing, which is to build, like, the space, and I feel like that sort of passion, like, really, like, rallies people around a cause. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, yeah, so you guys are brand new on the show. It's It's pretty much tradition here now to hear everyone's those stories and like how you got into this space would love to maybe start with flu if you could kind of uh talk to us about like you know your first experiences with crypto and how you how you dove, dove into the space that'd be awesome okay um so my first experiences with crypto were mining bitcoin and litecoin uh back whenever you could do it with like cpu and so that was a long time ago and then i kind of like asked a friend once the difficulty started scaling up um I asked a friend for like $3,000 and I was like, Hey man, I have to go to GPU mining. I, I really think this thing is going to be big. Please help me out. And I'll like split everything with you 50, 50. And he was like, it's not real money and go away. So, um, I recently invited him to East Denver. That was a really fun experience because I didn't tell him anything about like what I had been doing for a while. So flexing on him a little bit. But um, anyway, after that, I came back to do like BSC shitcoining and and I started working like ghostwriting white papers for small like play to earn stuff. And 
And they started like doing suggestions and, and being like, Oh guys, you know, you're gonna like, we're going to wreck, we're going to like wreck ourselves if we do this. And I kind of got ignored a lot of times. Cause they're like, dude, we just hired you to go shred a white paper, like go away. And so I was looking for more opportunities and I kept on kind of grinding through those like low effort sort of things. And then I eventually found uh, DeFi kingdoms and I worked for them for like the first six or eight months. Uh, and then I kind of decided that decentralization was more important than money and came over to Harmony Protocol as a whole. And I'm kind of helping the, the uh, devs communicate with the core team and I'm helping the core team learn what the devs really need from like, from like the core team and the sort of technology focus that needs to exist rather than a focus on tertiary movements within, within the space and, and kind of like pie in the sky sort of stuff. So that's, that's basically my story. I, I own a few projects. I work on a couple projects and I'm very busy, but it's like literally the only thing I do. So I'm just 24 seven crypto. Um, I have like really weird schedule. So I just, I do as much as I can, man. And then we have Devin who's insanely more based than I am and actually has a real focus in life. So I'll, I'll let him go next. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, appreciate it guys. And it's really awesome to be here. Um, yeah, my, uh, my journey is not maybe as, um, what's the term you use? Degen? Uh, yeah, Degen. Uh, not as uh, degen as flu for sure, but um, definitely, I, I don't know. We're kind of all degens through the space at the end of the day, aren't we? And um, got started in the space, uh, had invested, but you know, just saw it all kind of like a stock um, on Robinhood, right? For twenty, you know, fifteen on, and twenty eighteen, I wrote a book on decentralized organizations. Um, this is not like a DAO, right? This is just like what organizations exist out there that are decentralized. And I was obsessed with this idea of decentralization, what it means ethically, equitably, motivationally uh, for employees, uh, for organizations, how they operate, how they organize. Very cool stuff. And um, talked to a lot of great industry leaders. For me, it was like a learning out loud experience, right? Take all this great information in, uh, you know, frameworks that have existed from 1945 until now. Um, and put it all in one place for me to hopefully explain it to other people in a very simple way, which means hopefully, therefore, I also understand it myself. Uh, and with that, I discovered, wow, this is actually a whole lot more cool than I thought. Uh, there's a lot you can do with this. And there's also this technology that I've been uh, kind of investing in for a while. I should probably actually look more into the tech side of that. Uh, so with four other people, uh, three devs, one founder, and myself on the BizOps side, uh, we got together and built a Ethereum-backed not-for-profit. Um, and that was, this was kind of the first, you know, I'd been researching here and there. Um, COVID hits, we're all inside, um, doing a lot of, you know, this is, this is this, this is that, it's all DeFi, but it's not really DeFi. Um, there's always a centralized component. So what we did is we built a protocol that was truly fully decentralized from a contract level, right? The contract ran everything. The team did not hit any buttons at all. Um, as soon as someone, anyone put money into the contract uh, on day one of this auction and we got no team tokens. Like there's nothing like that, right? It was, it was truly hundred percent capital efficiency is what we were shooting for. And that was pretty successful. We raised about $40 million in presale on the Ethereum network and 
built it to a half a billion dollar uh, not-for-profit. Uh, it is hard to stick around, though, uh, when there's no money in it for you. Um, and so some of the team was definitely working on for-profit components. Uh, during that time, I was also just like, wow, this let's, let's deal with, <laughs> let's uh, meet this community more uh, and really jumped into events uh, through the largest New Year's uh, metaverse party ever. We had 6,000 people come through our crypto voxel plots over a six, uh, 12 hour period, which was pretty fun. And uh, then I did something for Harmony one day just because I like the guys there, uh, namely Sam, who leads up the ecosystem growth uh, and DAOs uh, specifically. And he goes, you want a job? It's like, oh, I got like three, but yeah, give me, give me a few days. Just to, like, see what this would entail. Uh, he goes, you get to work with DAOs. And I was like, no, DeFi is going to change all of our lives. Yeah. But like, you can't buy happiness. And if I get to be there from, you know, at a very early time in like the infancy of DAOs and, and help build that, you know, what they are, hopefully point them in the right direction. Um, and use what brought me into the space to do it. Um, that that sounds a lot more fulfilling than just jumping around from here to here and doing uh, different things that look cool. So uh, ultimately, said yes, and uh, probably the best decision I've ever made uh, career-wise in my life. So um, yeah, happy to be here, and uh, thank you again for uh, asking that question. I, I think that's a that's a neat one. I definitely learned a little bit about flu. Uh, just sitting here listening to him talk so appreciate you guys yeah yeah 100 percent. we almost have like a, a catalog of everyone that we brought on the show like their overall story of crypto like how they got in it's pretty cool to you know put the pieces together and i think one day like we'll be able to catalog like hundreds of people right how they got into crypto and it almost acts as like this cool historical record that's that's now available like per, you know permanently online for for people to reference when we look back even you know five years from now which is usually it's probably going to feel like a hundred right <laughs> in crypto time so it's pretty cool i'm devin how long have you actually been working at harmony then because it sounds like you've yeah. been with them for quite some time oh no um i guess in crypto world a long time but five months um so actually not too long of a time uh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll count that as like 25 years. In exactly, crypto, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's been no. good. And Flu, you've been with Harmony on paper uh, for, what, uh, a month now? Two months now? Two months or so. Two months, yeah. But on like the real though, I've just kind of been a, a, an advocate of Harmony for a good long while. 80 years. Now. Yeah. yeah. 80, years, 80 or 90 years in crypto time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I was I was around before the DAOs were. That's the important part. I remember the DAO <laughs> days. God, good stuff. Yeah, I like so, how, so I like how the, the one of the like core team members of Harmony has to be like, "What's that word that you use, DGen?" Like, okay, all right. Guys, it was a joke. It was a joke, man. Y'all see, y'all see why we need this ecosystem advocate role. Oh my god. <laughs> Killing me. Clay is in the audience. Access is in the audience. Like they see this. They hear this. They know. You are telling on yourself, sir. <laughs> They're like, he's a normie. Yeah. Uh, Devin actually holds all of his crypto on Coinbase. I don't know if you guys know. Uh... <laughs> yep. Uh, well, Coinbase and crypto.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> I forget the uh, gif, but it's like that the the actor with the skateboard over his shoulder, and he's like, "Hello there, like fellow kids." You, you know the gif I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. that's, that's got a Devin right now. Yes, that's that's what I that's what I think of a lot whenever I I look at DeFi Kingdoms, and it's like, "Oh, hello there, fellow degenerates," and it's like, yeah, it's just the DeFi Kingdoms team walking around. <laughs> now we can put like names and faces there too, which is great. But anyway. <laughs> y'all are cracking me y'all are cracking me up over here <laughs> um yeah we we have like a ton of listeners that are on like our youtube channel and spotify and i would say that they're more like beginner level for the most part um it would be super helpful if one of you could kind of give like an overview of harmony harmony at like a, a very high level for those that might not even be familiar with the protocol or, or what it is Devin, ecosystem advocate oh okay all right fine you know what fine <laughs> right, your so... test. Yeah, i mean you're being quizzed go ahead okay all right so <laughs> harmony is a layer one blockchain just just like ethereum except for the focus um rather than decentralization is like the main focus and and everything in the centralization is not the heaviest focus instead it's like scalability and um and speed. So we have like really fast transactions and we have really cheap transactions. And so being able to do a lot of, of transactions for a very low amount of, of uh, like cost is really the strength of Harmony. And so it's not really a, a scaling layer for Ethereum, but like we have like interoperability with Ethereum in terms of like recognizing NFTs and everything. So a direction that I would say that we're going right now as a network is very much into the GameFi space. So we're looking for projects from Ethereum that want to scale their operations to be like, well, we want to do this, but it's way too many transactions to do here or even on things like Polygon and everything. So we're trying to like very much target on that and to have native projects that are building as well. And something that I'm hoping that we're, going to be doing more of a focus on very soon is supporting our native developers in doing these new and novel crypto gaming projects so that's that's what i'd say is like the, the overall thing is like it's the network for crypto gaming um and then it's also the network for just fast and and cheap transactions and DeFi. so you can be doing things like those auto compounding um strategies and everything without having to uh kind of pay more than it's worth but i think devin has a little bit more because i'm completely blanking on this question and i feel awful so there you go devin you're fired um i don't have that capability um but no no flew spot on with a lot of it right scalability is the main thing speed is a huge thing um something that i think needs to be pointed out as well and, and is kind of relevant to where the market's headed right now uh with game and games Obviously, DeFi Kingdoms was at one point the largest game in all of GameFi, um, even bigger than Axie Infinity, if I'm not mistaken. Flu, fact check me. Uh, no, it's it, it was true from certain points of view. Uh, yeah. One thing that I would say is that like they they count volume uh, yes. in the decks, which is it was kind of a, a big advantage that they had over Axie for a long time yeah. before that spun up. So. Um, but yeah, on a lot of yeah. levels, daily users, daily transactions, everything like that, it was it was bigger than Axie. So yeah, exactly. That, the daily transaction is a big part, right? You have Harmony supporting 
two to four million transactions a day, um, that is not something that other chains can can do, right? When you have games that re- require eight, 10, 12, 100 transactions to, to happen uh, for, for something to occur um, and keeping that cost, like <laughs> your, your customer or your community, you know, their wallets in mind uh, so they don't go bankrupt. Uh, that is uh, definitely really important to consider. And when you look at the other chains out there, it seems that Harmony has really uh, placed themselves in a very advantage, uh, advantageous position to be the game chain, right? And if you know anything about how Harmony also works in terms of like architecture-wise uh, with shards, so sharded proof of stake is uh, the the terminology. It's essentially just adding more lanes to the highway, right, for throughput. So it's not just one uh, one pipeline for transactions to go through, and that's infinitely scalable, right? Um, vertically, so or horizontally, sorry. So um, when you have, and this is coming out soon at the end of May, I believe, um, a, a entire shard or network, an entire blockchain dedicated to game games, right? And with DeFi Kingdoms, jumping back to them, they were running on the main shard, and I think only twenty percent of the volume, and that's tons and tons of transactions that no other chain could match so if we're talking about current market like why is this chain useful i think we're talking uh, games are a big part of it right there's also other stuff we do with you know zero knowledge stuff but that's two steps away that's in the future uh but super important stuff to start on already um and all the uh the fundamental tech of, of making this uh continue to work run and have that infrastructure that just makes it easy for everyone because there's obviously pain points everywhere uh in DeFi and blockchain web3 all of it um and the pain points that we have are i don't think too difficult uh to fix manage and improve on um if we're going to have a chain that yeah ultimately ends up being the gaming chain um matched with everything else that you need to support a game chain which is you know substantial DeFi, substantial nft marketplaces uh security wallets all that kind of stuff so you uh you touched on a lot there Devin. and i want to unpack a lot of that um i do want to circle back to like the pain points but you touched on sharding and that was one thing i want to ask about um could you kind of dive into I, I, I know you guys are a little bit newer, so I, I don't know how level or how deep of a technical level you guys can go, but just from like a um, conceptual level, could you explain what the secure random state sharding is and how is that a different approach versus other forms of sharding? All right, I'm out. I'll see you later, guys. <laughs> it's been a really, it's been a really fun night. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you, Case, uh, thank you, everyone. No, I, that's that's a little bit that's a little bit above my head. What I would say though is that like the cross sharding is nowhere near like ready for the prime time. You know, it's it's something that's it's going to have to be developed, um, and it's something that's been promised for a long time. And Devin, I think that we've got some like actual stuff that's coming out on cross sharding. Do you know anything about yeah. that yet? Yeah, I, I don't think anything i want to promise publicly uh, or even have the capability to promise publicly um but it is probably a few quarters away um i'm gonna say a safe you know five quarters but uh, yeah it's probably less than that um and yeah that what that is is just like okay you have essentially two blockchains how do you get them just like bridge right but 
how do you get those two shards to not only bridge things, but also communicate live, right? And do that securely uh, with a random, like you talked about with, you know, um, a randomness function um, in there so that it can't be gamed or, or known what that information is. So there's no arbitrage. Uh, it's a really hard problem. Um, and there are no current... Well, there are small cases here and there that aren't full blockchains, right? But there's no, and there's there's theories of how to do it in different ways. But there's really no current fully operational cross-chain um, or cross-shard uh, cha- information communicating chain uh, that exists. And it's a really important function, uh, f- yeah, function as um, of the blockchain. But you, you asked about, what did you ask about, v- VRF? Um, no, just the, yeah, the secure random state sharding. Secure random um, yeah. But I, that is that is like a good segue because I think you guys, um, I was diving through your docs and I think you guys do have a um, a way to generate randomness like on chain, I believe. Yes, it's broken. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit. <laughs> it could be better, uh, but the fact that the fact of the matter is though, it you know what would help Devin. What's is a chain link support yes. the VRF on? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, have you guys like thought about? pursuing chain link or is that like a course oh, for sure for harmony as a protocol to have that in-house so, so i believe there is one the vrf that is built into the algorithm of the network right it i i do know that there is some talk with chain link i'm not uh, up to date on on what that means for vrf uh, and sorry for everyone in the audience, we're boring with uh, talking about verifiable random functions, but um, it is really important. It's it's something Ethereum doesn't have, right? The ability to provably create something that is random on chain, right? For games, massively important. For mi- like even an NFT mint, if you want to have the metadata randomized, right now you have to hold that in an off-chain server, right? Or, yeah. It, it's it's centralized to an extent people can mess with the metadata people can there's just things that are not fully trustless about that but if you have a vrf that's working as it should um and it's verifiable which is you know the issue with uh harmony's um at the moment it's not truly verifiable there are things that need to, there just need to be essentially more validators doing certain things uh for it to be truly verifiable. Um, and that random function obviously relies on that. So um, it is built in, it is baked in, it will be good someday, but just at this point, it's um, it's not. Uh, it's but, currently. Yeah. But the, the other thing with that is that what Devin mentioned with the being able to mess with the meta, metadata because it's not verifiable on chain uh, is really important because a lot of times that's what you see with these projects um, that you'll see like the projects have like bought up all of their like super rare stuff themselves before the mint or like before the reveal happens. And sometimes that's cases like that. Sometimes it's just like, well, they, they just assigned it themselves. So they know, but like that's, that's things that that can happen or that instead of like the project buying it up themselves, you'll have like some like highly technical user that has figured that stuff out and they'll go out and like snipe those, those uh, unrevealed, items uh so you'll see like a wallet that has like three purchases and it's all at like floor for like unrevealed mints and then you'll they'll all be revealed and you'll be like okay these are the three rarest things in the collection like okay that's obviously not okay 
um, and things like that are what that VRF is, is attempting to uh, to avoid. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. Like I'm kind of nerd out on the infrastructure middleware stuff that is boring backend services that people don't really think about until there's actually really cool services that, you know, you can't really even create unless you have that type of um, service offering. So I just put myself on mute there. But you, you also, you did touch, I know you guys talked a lot about being the GameFi Center, but I think um, also like a big part of your guys' strategy is kind of being, um, which is really interesting. It's like you guys like really kind of view like a multi-chain future, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, you guys have like a pretty good like bridging process set up between BNB, Bitcoin, and um, Ethereum. Can you guys kind of expand on that? Yeah. Um, I love our, our bridges. Um, I'm pretty tight with a bunch of different bridges, honestly. Uh, Synapse and Multichain and, and Axelar and um, many others. Um, Printer Financial is a good example. But like a lot of bridges love to be on Harmony because like we, we have it in one of our, our original documents is like the bridge to other blockchains. But I think that more so than just like the technical side of like bridging to other blockchains, what I like to focus on with that is that literally I want to support other chains. I don't want to, I don't want to be like any specific network that is going to remain unnamed. That's just like, Oh, well, we're going to reign supreme in the end. Nothing else needs to exist. Everything can be done under our roof. Um, Dogecoin. <laughs> what? Right. Am I, am no, I no, no, no fighting my bags, please. <laughs> uh, bro, um, way worse than that one. But yeah, no. <laughs> I, 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 I want to work with Phantom. I want to work with Aurora. I, I mean, like my PFP right now even is from from Phantom, right? Um, and I want to work with Aurora. I want to work with Metis. I want to work with all of those other up-and-coming blockchains, I want to work with Ethereum. Like, I want to work with all of these different chains to, like, build something together. Like, everything has its its different, like, niche. And, like, so people like these different chains for different reasons. It's not the same for everyone. Um, a lot of people like Aurora because you you pay your gas fees in ETH, but then you have people like, well, then what's the good of the Aurora token? And, like, these are, you know, valid complaints, blah, blah, blah. But, like, everything has its own flavor, its own style. Like, Terra is basically, like, the centralized spot for everyone to do their banking, no matter what chain you're on other than Terra. Like, the banking chain, right? This is the GameFi chain. We got Ethereum that's, like, really the, the proof of, or sorry, the, the store, storage of value because of the deepest liquidity and um, the highest kind of population for NFT collectors yeah. and everything. It's also becoming kind of like a fulfillment layer, too, with all these layer twos, right, that are – you don't want to use Ethereum because the network fees and this, it's kind of you know, slower compared to L2s. But do, you know, when, when we live in an L2 future, does Ethereum just become this fulfillment layer that services all those L2s? Like the infrastructure of the entire you know, half of the market? Right. Something that I think is really cool is like being able to, like, as I mentioned earlier, like store your expensive NFTs, your expensive assets, because that's what really NFTs are and should be going forward. So your, your most expensive assets are going to be stored on Ethereum where you have like the, the biggest and best um, 
places to trade your, those NFTs and, and you have the deepest liquidity for them and everything. Um, but then just read them from other chains and Harmony's included in that. And then you can just kind of like verify that trustlessly through those features, through the iTokens and in Harmony's case, and actually like unlock features and everything in those apps that you want to use just based on the, the ownership of that NFT. Yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> that's super interesting. And also like kind of talking about the various design choices and, um, you know, the various chains, you guys have a unique way of staking. I know you talked about Roar and the use case of their token. You guys use a f- effective proof of stake. Could you kind of talk about that and, um, the thought process behind that design, if you guys can, I know once again, maybe that is like a little bit, uh, we're getting too in the weeds, but I thought that was like really interesting as I was diving through your, your docs. Did you say we use effective proof of stake? Yeah. He's asking about like the, the design and the principles behind the effective proof of stake system. If you can speak yeah. to that. Yeah. Oh. And if you guys can, no worries. If you can't, um, but I thought that was interesting. So if I remember right, it's something like it, it, it trends to the median number of staked. Uh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. So you have, you have generally this bell curve that exists. Uh, so, okay. Uh, I think this fundamentally goes back to a belief that is um, core to Stephen Say, who is our, the founder of Harmony. Um, he co-wrote the paper with Hawk One on universal basic income. Now they're terming it decentralized basic income, uh, DBI. There's there exists this curve, uh, bell curve. We all know bell curve, right? Uh, but when it comes to wealth distribution, that follows it as well. You have a very small amount of people down here who are very, very impoverished. Small amount of people up here who are very, very wealthy. And then a lot of people in the middle, right? The biggest being that main middle. And what this effective proof of stake or delegated proof of stake uh, is also another term uh, that's loosely used. It's um, this mechanism that it limits how much of a certain, so there's validators also, sorry, let's get, let's for, dumb it down uh, all the way to uh, when I was learning about this. Oh, what's a validator? Okay, I think of them like a senator, right? And you delegate your, your tokens voting power to them in a way, right? You keep custody over your tokens, but those validators are, are given power to support the network, secure the network, right? Based on how many tokens are coming to them. And they also got, you know, get paid by the network. Well, if they're getting paid by the network, one person's going to try and get everyone on their thing and, and they'll be making tons of money and they'll also be the central point of security, which is not decentralized. Okay, cool. So as more and more money funnels into a validator, it there is a number, an H number, right? An asymptotic line that when they reach that or, or sorry, attempt to reach that the rewards uh, get less and less uh, for them. Right. And so it becomes more beneficial to be one of these smaller stake or smaller validators, right. Who are just spinning up and it's redistributing that wealth in a way that's pushing people on the bell curve back to the middle. Right. And so you're essentially all you have is this giant middle area of a bell curve and no small, minority down here and no small uh minority uh up at the top right um it, does it end up working 100 percent of the time with a validator network i think as small as harmonies which is you know it's it's still substantial and secure but 
an well, we, we claim it's we claim it's nine hundred, but it's it's nine hundred slots, right? So like Correct. my value, for example, has like two of those slots because of the the thing that you were talking about. So because like yeah. I, it was coming up to the top of that bell curve, I I had to add another key exactly to like have that 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 allocation again. So like my effective bid is has, has to be split between those those keys essentially. Actually, I might be unelected at this point. Well, so that's another thing. Yeah, there's election. Like you might just be kicked off by the other validators. That's always possible. You know, a civil attack of some kind. Uh, and then also, yeah, big validators can just spin up new keys and get that boost of rewards right uh, at the bottom. So it just becomes the same people spinning up nodes. Ultimately, yeah, it's still securing the network, uh, but it's and it's not too centralized. You're not going to be able to spin up a you know 900 validators yourself, but it's still an issue at this point, right? Which as it, as the network grows and there are more validators, it becomes less of an issue, but it still is, um, again, I won't call it an issue. It's just a, a, you know, it's the market doing what the market will do. Um, and it's yeah. helping the network, uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's an incentive to spin up more validators. Um, and it's, it's founded in, in a, a lot of math, right. And, and a lot of game, game theory understanding of how people work, how markets work and how security obviously at the end of the day works. Yeah. Thank you for diving into that. You, you had mentioned um, something about the slot. There's nine, 900 slots. Could you expand on what, what you mean by that? That's not just a max cap of 900 validators, right? Right. It's really like 900 like keys essentially that are like within the election like within the elected thing, actually, honestly, oh god, I, I I know that there's Clay. Can you send a heart if you're familiar with this topic? Because like you, you've been a validator, I think, for a long time, haven't you? If Clay is listening, is he gonna save me? Clay, are you gonna save? Okay, cool. You're you're gonna speak now. Okay, can you can you get Clay up here, crypto? Yeah, I invited him. This guy's a this guy's a validator on the network. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he's a decent person most of the time. Clay, go for yeah, it, bro. Yeah, I'm actually a terrible person, and I'm not a validator. Thank you. That was beautiful. Move him back down. Jeez. Thanks, Clay. No, uh, <laughs> no. But uh, what exactly is the question about the slots? I'm having I'm having difficulty kind of like explaining I guess to his question directly. Chase, can you ask it again because I'm absolutely stupid today? Yeah, um you you had just mentioned or I, I think it was you flew about there being nine hundred slots. I just wanted to get a better understanding of what exactly you meant by there being nine hundred oh, slots when it comes okay, to validators. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. that's an effective. That's like that's like what you're talking about with like the effective proof of stake and the bell curve, because it scales the rewards um, to fit within that middle of the the bell curve. Once you have like I think it's like five or six million one staked with your validator, you really need to spin up another like key, which takes up another slot, in order to like put those within its own like kind of section to remain within that bell curve to make sure that you're rewards are still high, right? So you're acting as two different validator slots on there, but you've got, you know, the big ones that have like a hundred different slots. 
sort of stuff. So it's really just one person that's running this enormous validator, but they they act as if there's like multiple things. So they have like more voting power because they have you know nineteen different ones with with uh, five million one in each one of those those slots or or keys. And Devin could probably speak more to that. Yeah, well, I I know, and I'll have I'll refer to crypto clay as well. This um, I think there are a thousand of these. I, I believe they're called BLS keys. Uh, nine. Can you? Hey, Rod. Uh, Want to answer? Am I here still? Yeah, yeah you're cool, back. Cool. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. So. Um, 900 held by the community and i think there's this max limit as well that you can only have 13 keys maximum and you have to bid um for these slots uh with elections and you know uh, but th- this is something i refer to crypto clay if you know if you know more on well there's a there's an auto bidding like that happens that pretty much every node uses because of one specific person who like wrote this thing called easy node. And then there was an auto bidding solution after that. And pretty much everyone uses it, but what it makes it do is it just like you're talking about the game theory, it makes us all stick to this standard thing of like, okay, well, once we get to this point, we have to add another key, but really like this is a topic for like one of the people from like validator Dow. I think that like Hank the crank would be really good for this. I, I could set up another space though for you and like invite two of the people that you really need to speak to. So one for like the, the cross sharding thing, we'd want to go with the, one of the architects of that system. And then one, we, we'd probably invite a couple of people from validator DAO and like really dive in to like sort of the things that you're interested in for the validator section. I'm not an expert on either one of those things. So, and I, I don't think that Devin, Devin played the expert once on TV, but he stayed at a holiday Inn express and then he forgot what he was talking about. So yeah, it is a garden in. Okay. Patrick sorry. would be, Patrick would be the best guy to talk to. He he's the one who created easy node. Um, but yeah, BLS keys are basically just the, uh, it's, it's what is represented to sign the blocks with. So you have to create a BLS key when spinning up a validator for the first time. But the more stake you actually get on that validator node, the more BLS keys you're going to want so that you can spread out that stake across separate keys uh, just so that you can keep the, the network as decentralized as possible. But it's not truly decentralized, though, and I think that's probably the the issue is that like it's still the same person running those those different like BLS keys. So I think that's yeah. kind of true. True. We want as many validators as possible, and not necessarily as many BLS keys as possible. Right. So that's that's something that does need to be worked on, and that's that's what we were kind of talking before, especially Devin. But it's it's the the crazy sort of thing is that like. Um, you look at like how many Bitcoin full nodes there are and they're like million or whatever. Like it's, it's the most decentralized, the most like secure, like it's insanely decentralized and like you can't get to that point overnight. And it's, it's something that is going to be a challenge for pretty much any of these, these places. But the thing that I would focus on for that is that harmony really has a strength in this area because of the low cost to entry for starting a validator so like phantom you it the cost is pretty high still it's like fifty thousand phantom or whatever 
Um, and I think that was actually like a reduction over what it had been before with a hundred thousand. Um, and so you've got to be like, okay, well, I, I want to put forty thousand dollars into this, and that's that's how I need to do. Uh, Avalanche is hugely, hugely centralized because the the only people that can do that are if you have like two thousand AVAX, and that's you know two hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars, and then you have like Harmony, which okay, I want to start a validator. The self stake minimum is only ten thousand one, so that's like three grand. Or actually, no, it's not even three grand anymore. It's like one point six grand, or points that, like I don't know. I don't know how much it is. I, I can't. I don't even want to think about that right now. It's been a. It's been dipping for a while. Okay, I've been catching this falling knife every day, Chase. All right, my hands—they're cut. Callous. Bleeding. They're oh. stronger. <laughs> hands can't be cut if they're made of diamond flu. <laughs> right, baby. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Devin, this on you. I'm gonna go cry about my bags. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll, I'll I, I did to change. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. did have a, a another question I wanted to circle back to because you had talked about pain points, and I did. Uh, you guys had talked about DeFi Kingdom. Um, I, I remember that the amount, I guess, it was the amount of transactions that were occurring was kind of um, over congesting the network. Can you guys? I was just curious, like from like a technical yeah. perspective, like what exactly was occurring? Like what was going wrong in that situation when when dfk was just going like absolutely insane and everyone was trying to get over onto harmony to to get involved in that ecosystem so a lot of those transactions were not actually directly from DeFi kingdoms a lot of those transactions were tangential to DeFi kingdoms because people were running their bots for the tavern and trying to like snipe heroes constantly so they were putting in these like transactions to try to spam these these things to make sure that they got like illegitimately listed heroes, like people who tried to hire out their heroes for like two jewel and then ended up like listing their hero for two jewel and stuff like that. And so they would consistently like spam the the, the crap out of the out of the tavern. And though that was like I think like eighty percent of the traffic, Devin, you, you can speak better than that. Not sure, but yeah, it's something like that. Okay, so the the issue is more is like people botting and trying to yeah. take advantage of. So, like, yeah. what 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 is the solution there? Was it just they could bot because the transaction fees were just so cheap that um, economically it was viable yes. for them to do that? Yeah, because I mean, it's not the point of gas fees, but gas fees also are spam resistant, like uh, a spam resistant mechanism, right? If you don't want something to happen, like. Tw- uh, with Twitter, Elon's talking about this right now. Um, you know, having a small fee that you have to pay to have a Twitter account that will effectively get rid of all the Twitter bot accounts that are out there because it would be hard for these, you know, what, companies, people. I don't know who's spinning up these bot accounts, but it would be more economically. It would it would not make sense for them to do it right in every case. And so, when you have low gas fees on Harmony, yeah, of course, this is going to be like something that happens um but again we can scale and this is not a problem right it is a problem in the in the short term but that's why we're spinning up a whole game shard so that people can build their games and you know when it's unrestricted building right it's it's, it's decentralized so anyone can build anything on the second on this new shard but it will be promoted as hey this is where the games are um and optimized for that right uh in, in small different ways uh are bots going to be eliminated from that no uh, but at least it will take away any kind of strain on 
network, uh, RPC, anything from the call it lightning shard, uh, the main shard where people do their day-to-day stuff. And if that gets clogged, oh, shard two, shard three, shard four, you know, just keep building it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious, kind of switching gears a little bit to talk about, um, I know you guys talked about game five, but just like currently, what are you guys seeing like on the ground? in terms of builders, like what's the appetite um, for, the, for the services and, and what solutions are people kind of developing right now that you're kind of seeing people gravitate towards? We need more, we need more DeFi on the space, right? And, and this, is, this is something that I'm reminded of every day whenever I go over to uh, Luna or I go over to Phantom or, or whatever. And like I have all of these options available to me to, for different things that I could do with my, with my assets. And then, like I, I find that to be like one of the most fun games of all time is just like the the inherent like min maxing of like how to make money in a secure way while like minimizing risk or doing like delta ne- neutral positions and and like all of this different stuff that like right now on harmony it's really limited it's really really limited and so Devin's going to fix it here you go here here you go he's going to tell you how he's going to do that Devin Tell us how you're gonna do it, man. Genius. D- fix all. Fix all. Everything. Yes. Just fix harmony. Yes, sir. <laughs> um. So fix harmony. DeFi. Two sentences or less. Go. Fix harmony and DeFi in two sentences or less. Uh, allocate more funds to DeFi porting. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Everyone give them oh, a hand. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was no, beautiful. Um, yeah, for real, how do you do that? I think, and this is a little contentious in the Harmony community at this moment, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, discussion around it on other chains. Uh, there's a Stanford, uh, oh no, I'll use the term here, there's a Stanford DAO convention uh, just this past week where they actually discussed something very similar. Having, and, and I want to be very careful with this term DAO, right? Because it's becoming very clear that there are two things going on. There are decentralized autonomous organizations, companies that utilize smart contracts to be efficient. And there are, let's call them on-chain communities, right? Groups of people who get together with missions in mind, but maybe no self-sustainable product, service, protocol, right? And so maybe focusing a lot more in on the protocol DAOs, right? The, um, and, and I'm not going to say these are good or bad DAOs. Uh, you can judge for yourself. But like the Uniswap DAOs, the Aave DAOs, the DAOs that are built around protocols that do things, right, and have a source of income, um, and then also con- add value to a chain and contribute uh, a lot to, you know, mainly here we're talking DeFi, right? And the, the liquidity issues that chains have um, when they're growing and um yeah it it really i think just comes down to it doesn't come down to this this is a big part of it though we'll be focusing on these DAOs that are DAOs, right that are more than just communities that are built around protocols that are DeFi, right for instance one on harmony liquidity DAO is uh, a combination of harmony and hummingbot if you've heard of hummingbot it's like a um I won't say they're trying to take down Citadel, uh, but it's essentially like that, right? Citadel is 
for those you don't know, uh, one of the major liquidity providers for the world, right? At the NASDAQ, uh, the uh, New York Stock Exchange, I should say, uses Citadel to move liquidity uh, or store liquidity, I should say, as well. Uh, if Citadel one day didn't want to, they could just not support the New York Stock Exchange anymore. And that would be, you know, a massive blow. But and, and that controls obviously much of the banking system. You can tell if they can shut down the New York Stock Exchange. So um, that's kind of what is the the idea behind Hummingbot. And, and there's a lot more to Hummingbot. But they started a liquidity DAO on Harmony, and their the whole purpose is to build, you know, approach, you know, get these do these bounties that will either port things over because it's so easy to port things from Ethereum to to Harmony. Um, get these products over and then bring with, with, with it though, liquidity, right? What incentive models do you set up? So having DAOs that are also very technical uh, and built around technical problems like liquidity uh, and how you move that around, how you get people to in, in, in use these DeFi products, right? So not just the protocols, but the use of the protocols um, is also a really important component of uh of building out this DeFi uh, ecosystem and bolstering it on Harmony. Sorry if that was wordy. No, I mean, I, I mean, I agree that there's like so many different interesting use cases that DAOs could serve purposes in. Um, DAOs that do something needs to be the next tagline. I think that Clay would be really a big fan of that. Clay, how do you feel about DAOs that do something? You know, I actually prefer DAOs that don't do anything at all and just take money out of my pocket. Well, then you should actually be already good then. You should be really happy. With yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped with uh, what yeah. the Harmony Foundation has done over the past few months <laughs> with their funding. <laughs> you know, and, and I will say this, is that it's, it's a bit, and I, I, will, I, will, I will strike back against the futters on this one. Because, like, it's a bit of a false flag on that one because you look at the scale of the issue and, like, the amount of one that's been spent on this. And, yes, it a lot of them are waste of money, but you look at, like, the greater scheme of things as far as, like, what price impact has that had? It's a very limited issue. Was it an issue that should have ever existed in the first place? No. But is it as big of a thing as people are saying, like claiming that millions of dollars are being spent on this? No. Also, no. That's not how it is. And like there's I would I would love to see like a report from Harmony that actually backs this up and like shows like, OK, well, this is this is what we've done. This is how much it's went to any doubt. This is I'm not trying to like zero anything out or like say, OK, well, well, yeah, we wasted money on you, you, you and you. You know, like, it's not that's not what I'm asking, but like l putting like a scale and a, and a name to the problem whenever you've got like other apps on chain that have caused greater cell pressure uh, in other ways. And that's uh, a different story. But they, like, I, I just want to see it kind of justified on, on paper, I think would be really great. Yeah, for sure. That's something I know uh, Sam's putting together because um, he's been a huge proponent of that. Like, guys, we've given out like promised $4 million to, you know, DAOs that hurt, hit certain tranches. We're not just giving out money, right? Um, it comes in stages and tranches. You have to hit certain metrics and stuff. It's not. And of that, I think 
only a million has actually gone out of the $50 million ecosystem fund, which I'm a big fan of pulling back on actually uh, for, but we have to talk about that here. Um, and yeah, a million dollars of one out over what, five months now to DAOs that, yeah, are probably spending them to, to do things. And, you know, also good in the VC world, the amount of projects you invest in, you don't expect them all to win, right? It's diversifying your, and I also have to state that this, these are not investments, these are grants uh, for, for um, just legal consideration, right? We were not giving investments to or, or providing investment uh, in these DAOs. These were grants. And um, yeah, we're hoping that one of these DAOs takes off, right? And we bootstrap them in a way that they can now be successful on Harmony, right? And bring bring attention to Harmony, um, bring their community to Harmony. But uh, did I get rugged again? Yeah, you got rugged a little there bit. Um, one thing that I'll say on that, though, is that like the investment piece is really important, not just for DAOs, but like for, for things in general. Like we've got, uh, actually, Clay here uh, is going to help me do this. Um, Devin, you need to take, I'm going to say this right now, on this thing that's being recorded, it's going to be a podcast. Sam Harrison, you need to answer my like <laughs> messages on Telegram. Like, I don't know what is wrong with you. You are my boss. You need to pick up your phone and actually read these things within like a good period of time. Like, you, you are my direct report. He's your mentor. And, like, sometimes mentor. I've got really, I've, I've got really important things to tell you about, like this this one gaming company that Crypto Clay is is aware of. And that, like, we can't even get attention to because that's what we need investment in. And, like, they got absolutely insane partnerships that I can't even – Clay, can I, can, I, can I say who they're partnering with? Yes, please do. I, the more people hear about this, I think – because I'm going to be real uh, for a second. I've seen a couple of, like, quote-unquote gaming partnerships that Harmony has signed over the past month. And they're complete dog shit, like just absolute dog shit. We need somebody like Versus on Harmony that can bring real attention to the blockchain and bring in new eyes. That's what we need. We don't need any of these. Clay, what what's the what's the partnership that they have with like exclusive streaming rights? Uh, so they they are partnered. They're official partners of EA. Electronic Arts, their official partners of Ubisoft, and their official partners of Riot Games. They hosted ALGS this year, which is the largest uh, Apex Legends tournament in the world. They hosted it on their Twitch account uh, as as a company, and EA asked them to do that. Like, so their their partnerships with these large gaming corporations are a big deal. And, and we absolutely need to be looking at guys like these that have something incredibly unique to add to the blockchain because they're completely Web 2 right now, but they're looking to break into Web 3. Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of the thing that I've, I've been saying for a bit is that, like, there's so many, there's so many resources. And right now, like, we're, we're allowing everybody to kind of, like, vampire attack us from all sides. Like... I could spin up like six different people in my in my hometown and be like, "Hey, here's your here's your your mission. Here's your goal. Here's how you say it. 
here's how you do it. And like, there are certain people in the community that like they're tracking down and like looking at like, there's potential that this has already happened because of the way that our, our grants are set up and because of the limited sort of like due diligence that we sometimes do on some of the people is, is there's, there's concerns that like, um, that there's a central player in some of these that's just like, Oh, well, this is a grant. I don't really have any accountability. I can go in here with like different real life identities. And it, it's just like, what's the worst case scenario. If I don't deliver, I don't deliver. And then they just take the money and and they go, they, they, they get out. So like, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it is a thing that I do believe is happening at some extent, because like speaking of, from a security perspective, um, it's it's what I would do as a bad actor. If I were a bad actor, I would I would spin up like a a, a real life DAO, for lack of a better word, like a like a, a hackerspace sort of group or whatever that's just like, all right, guys, let's sit down, let's write out all of these different uh, proposals. It's ten thousand dollars each. Um, easy stuff. Let's go home, right? And then like split everything and then and then deuce out. And that unfortunately seems to be what certain people have done. And I, I'm sure that the scale of the issue is very small, but the, um, the fact that it's happening at all is something that's completely preventable. Um, and there's, there's, there's needs to be like some, some massive changes to that. So that's, that's, I would say a big pain point, but in terms of like overall, I wouldn't say that it's a huge pain point. The, the pain points more so are things like, RPC issues, which, I mean, we've now dealt with kind of in a decentralized way because everyone and their mom runs an RPC on Harmony at this point. So you got like Foxwap and FuzzFi and, and uh, Sonic and, and I don't know who else that's running an RPC at this point. And like they've done a fantastic job of solving that problem. But if you go on Harmony's own RPC, you cannot get anything done at certain points of the day. And so th- like that sort of stuff is, is something that's, that's embarrassing for us as a, as a, as a chain, because we, we publish these docs and we say, okay, this is how you spin up the, the custom RPC here. And that custom RPC is, is not great. So then you have to go into a discord or you have to find a thread on Twitter, or you have to do all of these extra steps that make it kind of a shitty first user experience. Well, I I just want to say I appreciate you guys uh, coming on and being so transparent about the the current state of the network and, you know, your overall goals. I think it's definitely one of the more transparent episodes we've we've had on the show. So I just want to thank you guys uh, for for being that way. And uh, I I actually have a hard stop, so I need to wrap it up here. But um, Devin Flu, is there, like, plug your socials, like, where can people follow Harmony? Where should people go to learn more? Just follow Flu and you'll get all the info you want or didn't, don't want, but need or don't need. It's just, it's, it's going to be fun. It's but you get. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've never felt me. so attacked and supported at the same time. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, it's an all, it's awesome working with you. And it, the Harmony team is truly, honestly, um, even if sometimes they don't respond to our telegrams, uh, I'll, I'll text Sam right now. Uh, they are awesome. Uh, the best people I've ever worked with. And so, like, people-focused, right, human-focused, making this a global, I won't even say currency or network or whatever, just like a, just bringing us all together as people um, to have have things like they should be, right, uh, where 
everyone's treated like a human. Um, and and working the side alongside these people, a lot of them, you know, coming from non nonprofit spaces. Uh, so it is that kind of mentality already. But working with them, just you know, you learn every day uh, how to become a better person. And um, then you have Flu, uh, who teaches me a lot about other things uh, that don't have to do with becoming a better person. But maybe sometimes maybe you don't. Do. Be, sometimes you don't need to become a better person. You just need to become better at being the person that you already are. There and like a, a lot of times that just involves standing up for the things that you already believe in and that you're already, and, and clay is a good example of that. Like standing up for the things that you definitely believe in, but like maybe you could assert yourself a little more on. Um, and I, I think that a lot of times we as people, and I'm guilty of this at times as well, we, we prioritize comfort and like, making people comfortable and making them like us rather than like hitting them with hard facts or hard truths. And I think that, that over time we should just be more ourselves and aggressively more ourselves because like we only get one chance to like do half of the stuff that we do in life. And so that was a really complicated way of saying YOLO. Uh, however, as far as like plugging my socials for the people that are on um, the podcast and YouTube and everything. Uh, my Twitter is D final fantasy, um, which I do have to shout out the team at DeFi kingdoms for, because, uh, they were joking around very early on that they were going to rename DeFi kingdoms into D final fantasy because of the humor of it. And I was like, well, if you guys don't, I'm going to steal it. And they didn't. So I stole it. So D final fantasy on Twitter. And then you can also follow Devin at Marty Devin. So, this is the dude that quite literally wrote the, wrote the book on DAOs, and he also has another book uh, called Sociogenesis that is an art book, photography book, that's actually sponsored by Leica. Isn't that right, Devin? Leica Academy yeah, helped me put that together. Um, brilliant graphics as well. And yeah, it's uh, discussing and analyzing decentralization through photography, a challenge I got from one of my Taurus, who's a great photographer, on Vogue for a number of years, and he shoots for Leica uh, as well. So, no, thank you, Flu, for for shouting that out. Yeah, and and please, please, someone meant some of them because I I've minted a lot of them, and and y'all need to pump my bags. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, awesome, we'll, guys. Wrap, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, stay based, everyone, and, and have a good night or good morning wherever you're at. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, yeah, guys. Yeah, of course. Chase. Peace. Thank you, guys. Peace. Peace out. Based space.